Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is Thursday, July 21st, and this is, of course, uh, the college football rendition, the Media Days edition of the show, because there is a lot for us to get into, good gracious. Uh, first off, happy one-year anniversary to the Houston Chronicle breaking the news about Oklahoma and Texas heading to the SEC. Uh, fairly big story that happened last year, of course. So uh, cheers to uh, Brett Zwerneman, for sure, for uh, for breaking that last year. And everything has been in complete chaos ever since. And really, you could say it started before that, but... That's the way it goes. We uh, we got a lot to talk about today, so why don't we go ahead and jump into it. I've been trying to get this show started for about two hours now, uh, but good gracious. Uh, now, now that we're finally in it, we got many, many topics to discuss. Uh, first off, if you have not subscribed, go ahead and do that for us. Like the video if you're watching the show right now. We would certainly appreciate that. Working with a potential partner... Uh, for getting the newsletter back up and running. So if you've not already subscribed to that, you can go over to winningcureseverything.com. And on the right side of your screen, you can put in your first name and your email, and you'll get updates. Now, I think I sent out one or two newsletters last year. That was it. I would imagine we're probably going to be sending out like one a week just to keep you updated on what we're going over. So if you would like to do that, and any contests or surprises that may pop up or whatever, will be sent out through that. So we're trying to grow the mailing list a little bit uh, go over to winningcureseverything.com and sign up for that. Again, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we broke 6,000, so that's good. Uh, on top of that, subscribe to the podcast as well. Leave a nice five-star review. All that stuff helps us out, uh, and I'm sure you'll hear me say it multiple times throughout the rest of the show. So subscribe, 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 and share the show out. Now, let's jump into the first topic of the day, and that is Kirby Smart has signed a massive deal. With Georgia football, he will remain the head coach for the next 10 years. 
or at least contractually, uh, that's the way that it goes. But uh, but yes, ten years, one hundred and twelve point five million dollars. Now, what's funny about this is yesterday there was talk about him, and I believe he said this at a coaching seminar or something along those lines down in Texas, and maybe it was like two days ago. He said something about the idea that uh, he was thinking about retiring before this past season based on how ridiculous the college football schedule had gotten over the past 12, 18 months, whatever it was, right? It just, there is no off season anymore. And we already know that Josh Pate explains that to us. We know, but he was talking about on a recruiting calendar. There is no, there's no break. You're constantly having to re-recruit your own team. You are having to go out and now recruit the transfer portal. And you've still got to recruit high school kids. Like, it is never-ending. There's basically no dead period. Now, Sam Pittman has a different way of going about it, right? He explained at SEC Media Days that he makes his guys take breaks. He goes to a bunch of concerts. He does all kind of stuff. But Kirby Smart, I mean, he's he's a workaholic. He, and he was under Saban. Like, he, he learned from the best that if you want to be the best, you got to work at it. And he continues to do that. But it, it was interesting to hear him talk about... Uh, possibly retiring as young as he is. I doubt that that was actually going to happen. But for him to talk about retiring and now to come out a couple of days later and he's got this massive contract, it's going to pay him more than uh, $11 million per season. Uh, The funny part, Chris Vanini brought this up. He said in 2021, only Nick Saban made more than $9.5 million per season. Uh, Now there's at least five coaches doing that. It's Jimbo, Kirby, believe James Franklin and Mel Tucker, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but there, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Day, I think, maybe close to that or getting close to that. Uh, you're probably going to see that from Harbaugh. I think he's up to like eight now or something, somewhere around there. So regardless, uh, I did find it funny. Parker Fleming, of course, joins me on the BetUS College Football Show at Stats of War on Twitter. He said, uh, yeah, NIL and the transfer portal are what's ruining college football. Uh, yeah. I I agree with the sentiment he's trying to get across here that the money has just gotten ridiculous on the coaching side. But on the other side, while the players are not employees, you got to spend the money somewhere. Georgia just went through an $80 million renovations upgrade for their football facilities. What are you going to do? I mean, toss another $50 million into it? I mean, it, you know, it makes sense. Kirby Smart is worth the money. Absolutely worth the money. So I don't think he's overpaid at all. Uh, Not by any stretch of the imagination. The amount of money that comes into these, these are giant corporations. The guys that are winning at the top level uh, deserve to be paid as much. Uh, If you've ever gone back, I believe you can Google this. Google uh, the Alabama financial windfall from hiring Nick Saban. Look at where Alabama was as a school in 2006 and where they ended up in like 2010 or 2011. I mean, it is a, and now of course it's completely different, but it's a drastic change. If you hit correctly on your football coach, they are worth their weight in gold. Bottom line, bottom line. Next topic I'm going to bring up here. The NCAA Division I Council is recommending that the NCAA get rid of the one-time part of the transfer rule, right? Uh, Nicole Auerbach 
broke this. She said, uh, the Division One Council is recommending that the NCAA get rid of the one-time part of its transfer rule. Anyone would be able to transfer and have immediate eligibility if they meet academic standards. Athletes could transfer multiple times and play right away. Now, Pat Narduzzi, and we're going to talk about him a little more here in just a bit, but Narduzzi said at ACC Media Days, he said, it's hard to get a degree after two transfers. Are we going to let him transfer three times? Is getting a degree not important? Maybe we should uh, Maybe we should have him not go to school anymore, let him transfer, play somewhere every year. And that's effectively what's happening right now. Uh, I don't know that I like this. I, I thought that we were going to have some more regulations as far as transfer windows, et cetera, and all that has been brought up. But when you're bringing up these windows and everything, you're not setting a limit on how long it takes for them to actually choose where they're going to go to school. You're only setting a window on when you have to be in the portal. So this is this is going to be interesting because I don't think you're doing kids any favors by having literally no ground rules. Like I don't think anybody is doing any better by this. I think it's going to be even harder on the coaches because you build your roster based on the guys that you have there. Like this is not you can't just go in and and pick up obviously you can pick up guys out of the portal and whatnot, but you build your roster around certain people. I'm curious what this is going to look like if you know that you can just transfer at any time, right? Any year you get tired of it, you can go, even if you just transferred there last year. That just seems like you are wanting to cause problems. Like, I am I am a little bit shocked that this would be something that that might be up there. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little perplexed. I want to see what's going to happen. Are they actually going to take this into consideration? Are they actually going to do this? I don't think so. I don't think they will. But... I mean, they've done dumber stuff. They have certainly done that. So, who who knows what will end up happening? Let's uh, let's dive into something else from SEC Media Days. Brian Harson. He spoke about the attempted coup to oust him at Auburn, and I'm going to bring this up here. Uh, he said the attack against the program during inquiry didn't work, and it united the football team. I I do want to play this, so let's uh, let's listen to what he says here. February, and uh, what I'm going to do now is address it, and uh, moving forward, that'll be the last time I talk about this subject, but there was an inquiry, it was uncomfortable, it was unfounded, uh, and it uh, presented an opportunity for people to, you know, personally attack me, my family, uh, and also our program, and, and it didn't work. So, right now, uh, our focus is on moving forward, and what came out of that inquiry uh, were a lot of positive. There was a silver lining in all of this because what I saw from our players and our coaches was leadership opportunities for them to step up, which is exactly what they did. And you got a chance to see guys uh, provide leadership. You got a chance to see coaches provide leadership. And what it did, it was united our football team. It united our players, united our staff, it united our football team. And so... Uh, I'm really proud of our guys, and I'm proud of what something like that, um, that could be very challenging and difficult, 
uh, for a lot of people how our guys stepped up and handled it. And we had coaches and players that could have went on and went to different places, avoided all the adversity and the challenges and everything that came with it, and they didn't do that. Now, that's not 100% true because some of them did, and you can see it on the roster now. There are holes that just were not filled, bottom line. Uh, So there were guys that left, uh, Derek Mason, notably, Bo Nix, notably. uh, But, you know, I, I, I see where he's coming from. I did mention a while back that I liked the idea of him starting a podcast, which he has done. I forget what it's called now, Harson's Huddle or Huddle with Horrors or something like that. I liked that idea because it allowed him to set a narrative. It allowed him to speak directly with Auburn fans to let his voice out so that you're not just completely inundated with all of the message board talk, right? All of the social media and everything that can find a way to turn negative. The The phrase here with, it didn't work, while true in the moment, I don't know, it came off a little brash, a little cocky. I don't know that I would have said it in those words, right? I think I would have found a different way to hit on that topic and then get back out of it. And I understand he was trying to Uh, spin this narrative of it was a positive, there was a silver lining, everything was good. I just, it it is still insanely likely that he will not be the head coach at Auburn when we get to 2023. Uh, He's got a $15 million buyout, or $15 million buyout after this year. To them, that ain't that much. So, you already know that people don't like you. And yeah, there's one thing to go out just guns blazing, but it's another to, and I I got to tell you, I don't know exactly how I would have gone about this. I just, I don't know that I would have gone about it the way that he did. So I know I'm not offering a lot of solutions. I am curious if you guys want to jump into the YouTube comments. Uh, I'm curious what you would have done if you agree with the way that he handled this, or if maybe there was a different way to go about it. But it was interesting to hear him just come out and tackle it head on. Obviously, that's commendable to come out and and start off with it, right? It just opening statement, just let's get this out of here, and I'm I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I just, you know, the way that he said it didn't work, kind of kind of threw me. It it was almost a a rallying call, like a I don't know. I I liked it a little bit at first, and the more I thought about it, I was a little shocked. Little bit shocked. So it was uh it was surprising, it was interesting, and yet I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have handled it the way that he did. And and maybe that's just a me thing. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. Now, along with that, uh let's go ahead and hit an ad and we've got some more things to discuss from other media days on the other side. Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, our gambling picks, our store, the gear we use, and more. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get not only the full shows, but individual segments, along with other goodies as well. We're over 5,600 subscribers right now, and our goal by the end of football season is 7,500. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. 
Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. You can visit winningcureseverything.com slash store and see what all we've added. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And now, back to the show. All right, let's go ahead and talk about ACC Media Days. Jim Phillips had a lot to talk about. The ACC commissioner, he spoke to begin ACC Media Days just the other day. And some interesting topics that came out of this. Start off with this one. He mentioned revenue one time in his opening statements. That was 13, 14 minutes, whatever it was. Revenue was then mentioned 13 times after that, in the Q&A, I'm a little... Everybody knows what the situation is here. You are going to have Big Ten and SEC teams that are making almost triple, if not more, than what the ACC teams are bringing in with their current contract that goes all the way through 2036. We've talked about this on the show before multiple times. Uh, he did... I will mention that he brought up if Notre Dame is going to join a conference, they are going to join the ACC. I'm sure that he believes that, and contractually he has to say that, right? We we all get the idea here. Notre Dame still has a contract with the ACC, blah, 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 blah. Now, obviously, they can buy out of that, but it is what it is. Um, he did bring up expansion, or or it was brought up to him. Uh, he, he slipped up at one point. He said, our 17 schools... Well, there's only 15 in the ACC. So who was he talking about? But he he said uh, that they are, you know, they are open to expanding. They are open to looking at a bunch of different things. They've already started the process. Blah 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 blah. But you know, he he. I guess the biggest thing is he said, and this is at the very beginning here of David Cobb's thing. Phillips said on Wednesday that discussions are ongoing about the next iteration of the ACC. He did mention at one point about ESPN and how ESPN wants uh, the ACC to be strong and that ESPN needs to help the ACC be strong. It's this is going to be this is going to be interesting, right? It, I feel like when I listen to Jim Phillips talk, he is still one of the old guard. He still believes in the old amateur version of college athletics, 
And that's just not the way that this thing is going. It's not the right direction that the sport is going. When you hear guys like Brett Yormark and George Klyovkov talk about adding value to their conference, et cetera, et cetera, they're talking about things on a much different level because they don't know a lot of the stuff that goes on at the university level, right? Jim Phillips was an AD at Northwestern before he joined as the ACC commissioner. He still looks at it from a university level. There's two sides to this. I mean, there is the money side, and college athletics is a business, especially college football, mostly college football. But what Phillips uh, has talked about is just an interesting... I don't know the right words to put it in. He sounds more like somebody that still works at a university and not somebody that is out there working on TV contracts, etc. So when he brings up ESPN needing the ACC to be strong, etc., yes, ESPN does, but it also goes into what this next rumor is about. Uh, By the way, the expansion stuff, uh, everybody online on Twitter has been talking about, does he mean Stanford and Cal? Are they going to bring in two Pac-12 teams? Are they still going to merge with the Pac-12? Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Obviously, we brought up SMU on the show a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. But um, there are rumors abound about possibly going to an unequal revenue-sharing model for the bigger schools, which would be Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, etc. Right? I don't know that there are enough smaller schools to vote down the grant of rights because I don't know where they would go. Right? I don't know I don't know what the next step for NC State would be. Like is NC State guaranteed to get into the Big 10 or the SEC? I don't know. What about Wake Forest? What about Boston College? What about, you know, for them, they are kind of riding the coattails of the teams that get the majority of the ratings. Right, I'm, I'm interested to see what ends up happening because if you end up with if you end up with unequal revenue shares, we've seen that happen before. We saw the Big Twelve, we saw Nebraska leave and Texas A&M leave and all this because Texas was able to get more of the money, and we under, everybody understands that Texas is worth more. Just like in the ACC, everybody understands that Clemson is worth more than Wake Forest. In the SEC, I believe everybody understands that Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee or whoever are worth more as far as ratings, etc., than a team like Mississippi State. But you can't have the conference without the smaller schools. You can't get that revenue without those smaller schools because if you try and go at independent... Everybody knows Notre Dame's contract by themselves is not worth a whole lot. They are willingly leaving money on the table at Notre Dame so that they can stay independent. Do all these bigger schools want to go independent so that they don't have to share money with the less than? I don't believe so. I think you are worth more as a group. So when you go to unequal revenue sharing, that's a slippery slope. And I don't know that Jim Phillips and that bunch want to get involved with it uh, but we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it with the Pac-12 here in just a little bit as well. Moving on from there, the Mountain West Commissioner, Craig Thompson, mentioned that the Mountain West has a lot of different options as far as realignment goes. And I found this interesting, right? He said, 
I'm going to pull this up on the screen so that everybody can see. Da, 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 da. All right. So will the Mountain West Conference expand? This is over at uh, DeseretNews.com or Deseret.com. And it's from the Mountain West Conference uh, Media Days. And in this, now the Idaho Statesman's Ron Counts is who actually reported this. But Craig Thompson said that several schools, 6 to 12, have been in contact with the conference and have expressed interest in joining an expanded Mountain West. He noted that the Mountain West does not have to do anything at the moment, but is aware of the options available to it in the event that further realignment happens. Now, there are three options here that he laid out. Totally understand them. If they lose numbers, then they would just stay at the number that they end up at. That'd be number one. Number two would be to actually add members. And then number three is to merge with another conference. Now, apparently a decade ago, uh, it says, yeah, go back about a decade. We talked about merging with Conference USA. We had several talks at the board level, had a consultant of media partners, and gave it a good look way back when. I am of the belief that, and I've said this before, all of these G5 conferences should be packaging up their rights together anyway and go sell it to multiple parties because I believe that you can create better games, you can create uh, better value for your conference by doing something along these lines, by packaging all these rights together. Now, you can sell like your main rights as a package, and then your tier two and tier three rights differently, however you want to do it, right? There are different ways that you can go about this. But I've always been of the belief that the G5 should basically just all band together. But nobody wants to do that. Everybody believes that they are worth more than what they're actually worth, et cetera. It's just a, it's a whole thing. But the CUSA Mountain West merger, interesting to look back at it now considering what the Conference USA has turned into. The Mountain West is in a good position. They are the other late-night game. I mean, for as, as long as we've been watching football on Saturdays, you've only got two conference options as far as your late-night TV windows. Mountain West and the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 right now just had two teams leave. I'm okay with the Mountain West. You know, I, I like watching Nevada and Colorado State and Fresno and San Diego State, etc., right, at Boise. I, that, that's a good window to have because there are still a lot of people that are watching. So I'm really curious, uh, does the Mountain West end up eating some of these Pac-12 teams, Washington State, Oregon State, etc.? I'm, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. So I want to see what ends up happening with this uh, because I think, I think he understands if the Pac-12 gets to a certain point, if Oregon and Washington leave, if whatever happens, the Pac-12 is probably going to take some Mountain West teams. But it depends on whether or not the Pac-12 just completely disbands. And in that case, the Mountain West would absolutely take teams like Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State, whoever, right? They they would absolutely take those teams. So I'm interested. It, it, Craig Thompson seems, and he's always seemed like this, he is just open to everything. He is willing to have discussions. Like, I, I like the guy. I really like the guy. So... We'll, uh, we'll move off that. Let's talk about Pac-12 rumors. And you guys know how much I love talking about this. Apparently, online, on Twitter, on social media, whatever, Sidelines Sports Network, 
posted this around, and I have seen it in multiple places, but this was the the best, most basic version that I was able to find. And it says that the rumors are that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah will be applying for Big 12 membership this afternoon. And that was on Thursday morning. Now, the other stuff that I heard was that it would be by end of business on Friday. This says, you know, where will the rest of the Pac-12 land? That's what I was talking about with the Mountain West. Like, if you do lose these four teams, that only leaves six teams in the Pac-12. Who goes where? You've got Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, whatever. Uh, And then you've got Washington State and Oregon State. Like, where are those going to end up? Let's just focus on the four corners right now. It says, still working to verify claims. However, the possibility of four corner schools bluffing to make Oregon and Washington back off of a potential unequal revenue sharing model for the new Pac-10 exists. That is something that I have seen a lot. When they're going to these negotiations, when they're going in to uh, discuss these media rights deals with different TV networks, I think a lot of people understand that Oregon and Washington are the two most valuable properties that the Pac-12 has right now. Those are two name brands that everybody knows that people are willing to watch because they know that they typically put a good product on the field. Those are the only two Pac-12 teams, by the way, that have actually had playoff uh, berths. So that's a that's a fairly big deal. Um, they did bring up in here, did the Big 12 uh, pull a fast one on the Pac-12 by using merger talks to legally court Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado without a formal application? Okay. Like, that. that is certainly one way to look at this. Uh, I will go ahead and mention this. Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson said that everything out there has been overblown, exaggerated, and is lacking any credibility. Uh, He said that he has only had one conversation with one Big 12 AD. Now, I will tell you this. If it was anybody else still left in the Pac-12, if it was anybody else from these four corner schools, I might believe it. And I'm not saying that I don't believe it right now. I would just put a little more faith into it. Because I don't know that Ray Anderson is going to be the athletic director at Arizona State past this year with all the NCAA mess that was going on under Herm Edwards, etc. So I don't know how much he actually knows. How much do the ADs actually know about realignment? You, you would figure some of them would know stuff, but do we think that the ADs at Oklahoma and Texas knew everything that was going on when it came to Moving conferences? Feels like that was done at like an institutional level. I, again, in this situation, does Ray Anderson know everything there is to know about possibly moving over to the Big 12? I mean, we'll see. Uh, And I I got it. There are some of you on YouTube and on Twitter, et cetera, that are wondering why I continue to talk about this expansion stuff. And it's because there is new crap every single day. It, I, I am just as curious as anybody else about what is going to end up happening. I have thoughts. That's why I share them on the show. So, easy enough. But I'm I'm curious about this. It, this looks like, I don't think that those schools, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, I don't think that they would want to move to the Big 12 without knowing exactly what's going on as far as the Pac-12 negotiations, right? If you are getting back that, oh, we're about to be dropped down to $10 million a year or something along those lines. 
but those schools could bring some kind of value to the Big 12, then, yeah, obviously they would want to move, right? There's been all kind of stuff going on as far as the Colorado. Uh, They've had tons of different Board of Regents meetings, et cetera, to discuss Pac-12 contracts, et cetera. I have no idea what's going to happen, but it feels like there is just too much that could happen for them to just sit still at this point. I don't. I know they keep saying that everybody's on the same page out in the Pac-12. I don't think that I believe that. I don't think they're all on the same page. Now, of course, George Kalafkov did say just a couple of weeks before uh, the news that USC and UCLA were leaving, uh, he did say that everybody was on the same page and everybody's moving in the right direction, etc. So uh, nobody ever knows anything when this kind of stuff breaks. But it does get your head, you know, swimming a little bit. So I'm 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 curious. I'm very curious. Let's uh let's hit some more ads and then we got a few more things on the backside. Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures, or you can follow the guys at Gary WCE and at Chris B Giannini. Or you can also follow us on Facebook. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show, too. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com, and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done and now back to the show all right let's talk a little more acc here mario cristobal has let it be known he told brett mcmurphy and i know espn did not want to give him credit for that report but it was brett mcmurphy over at uh the i forget what he works for again the action network i was gonna say the athletic network uh the action network he told brett mcmurphy that they are dropping the turnover chain they are done with the turnover chain, uh, and then he went on this morning and talked to First Take about it. Uh, he said that we have to establish a standard. We have to reestablish our DNA where everything is done to a championship level. Uh, he did say that uh, we're just moving in a direction that right now does not involve the turnover chain. Stuff 
like the turnover chain typically pops up organically. It's it's more fun. It's something I think we saw it a lot with college baseball this year. I think uh, Texas A&M with the Pringles cans and uh, whatever uh, ten, Tennessee was doing something at one point. I forget what it was, but regardless, stuff like this happens just organically. You don't have to force it, and it felt for a while like the turnover chain was a little bit forced. Like you would see Miami being down by three touchdowns and yet they get a turnover and they run over. And there is something to the idea of getting kids excited even when they're behind in a game, giving them a little bit of belief, giving them something to have fun with so that it's not just the dregs, right? What I'm curious about is what, you know, you don't want this to all be, I mean, these are college kids, right? And Mario Cristobal understands this. You don't want it to be just all business and no fun. Even in Alabama, they've got a bunch of different things. They've got a, a W, whatever, a wrestling belt that is a turnover belt, right? But they've had all kinds of stuff. I went to a game at Ole Miss back in 2016, and they had a hatchet on the sideline for, like, big plays or whatever it was. I think our Darius Stewart was one of the guys that was actually carrying that thing around. It's like a big axe that they just had on the sideline. So I'm I'm interested to see what they end up doing here. I think it was smart to go ahead and just wipe everything out from the past decade plus. Just get rid of all of it. And redo it. Like Establish your own culture. Figure it out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I know there's a lot of people that were against them dropping the turnover chain. I'm not against it at all. I think it's a smart idea. Get rid of all of the funk that was there before and come in and rewrite this thing. I think it's smart. Start with a fresh board. Fresh board. Let's do it up. Let's do it up. Next on the board, ACC again. Pat Narduzzi. The Nard Dog. Now, I think everybody understands how much I like the Nard Dog. He's he's insecure a little bit, or at least comes off that way. He's irritated constantly. He is not the happiest camper, and he is... I mean, just the stereotypical defensive coordinator. And yet, I like him. I like that. I, you got to have all different facets of personalities inside of college football in order for it to be fun. And Narduzzi is one of those, right? You got the, the players' coaches, and then you got the hardcore offensive guys that just want to throw the ball all over the place. You got the crazy loopy ones like Mike Leach. And then you got the hardcore disciplinarian type, or at least come off that way in Pat Narduzzi, uh, which is what made the relationship between him and Mark Whipple so much fun, right? The former offense coordinator that's now at Nebraska, who was the head coach at UMass, et cetera. Uh, this, was, this was very interesting to me, and I, uh, I clipped it. It was part of the Schultz Ford Bazzi's Black and Gold Banter uh, podcast. And he went on, and this felt like he was just talking to... We talked about this with Nick Saban, where he didn't think anybody was recording. Now, of course, Narduzzi knew that somebody was recording this, but I found it incredibly interesting that he was willing to say stuff like this, knowing that it could get out. It just surprised me. Listen to listen to this clip. And our old offense coordinator had no desire to run the ball. Everybody knew it. he was stubborn. I mean, Wake Forest, 118th in run defense, and we threw the ball every down. When we ran it, we ran it for 10 yards, but that wasn't good enough. Um, that so was, that, that was philosophy will change a little bit, but he was banged up. So maybe if we didn't bang him up all season, maybe he would have played. Okay. Now let's, 
we every time we ran the ball, we ran it for ten yards. And it, what he was explaining there is that if Kenny Pickett had not gotten beat up by throwing the football so many times throughout the season, now remember this was a Heisman finalist. Uh, they had a Bolitnikoff winning wide receiver. Like the offense worked, obviously. Uh, he talked about Wake Forest. They scored forty five points on Wake Forest. Like they, <laughs> but he he said they ran it like two times and got 10 yards each time on it. Um, no, no, that is not actually correct. Uh, I pulled this up. I just wanted to go back and look and see. They threw the ball 46 times. They only completed 21 passes, but, uh, or sorry, sorry, that is, uh, that's Wake Forest. They they threw the ball 34 times. They actually ran the ball da, 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 38 times here. For 2.9 yards per carry, did Pitt. It had 112 yards rushing on 38 rushing attempts in that game against Wake Forest. Like, just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, but what this video did, what this clip did, is gave you a little bit of insight into the relationship between he and Mark Whipple. Mark Whipple is somebody that understands the direction that the game of football, or the game of college football at least, is going. You have to be able to throw the football. You have to be explosive you have to do things that the defense is not expecting, right? It does let me know going into this season. You know, they brought over Frank Signetti from Boston College. He was the Boston College OC. He brought in a guy that runs a pro style, that likes to run the football quite a bit. And I wonder if they are just going to leave some stuff on the board that, you know, they could end up losing some games that they should absolutely win based on talent but they allow teams to stay in the game when they probably shouldn't. So uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to listen to that because I like when coaches are very candid and they're very honest about these things. Uh, but basically everything that Narduzzi has said at ACC Media Days, he's been grumpy, he has been irritated, <laughs> and I'm not sure uh, what exactly to make out of all of it, but I, I do thoroughly enjoy him quite a bit. Quite a bit. All right. Back to SEC Media Days and... Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban are apparently cool, I guess. That's what Jimbo said, anyway. Uh, he said, you know, have you ever been to West Virginia? Like, we we handle these spats like this. Like, it's pretty easy. We, uh, we have no issues. So, apparently, they're all good now. Everybody's buddy-buddy. I think we're still going to be looking forward to uh, October 8th, whenever Texas A&M heads over to Tuscaloosa. But the other news that came out this week about A&M has to do with... Anaya Smith. He was arrested on Wednesday for unlawfully carrying a weapon, driving while intoxicated, and possession of less than two ounces of marijuana, which is basically no marijuana. Uh, Smith was scheduled to attend SEC Media Days Thursday, but no longer will do so. Uh, So he has been suspended indefinitely. We don't know exactly what that means. But if you look at Texas A&M's schedule, They've got somebody they can run over in week one. Week two, they got App State. Week three, they got Miami. And week four, they play Arkansas. How long are they planning on suspending this kid? That's what I want to know. Like, if I'm a Texas A&M fan, this is your leading returning receiver. You are wanting to have somebody that you can spread the field with, especially against these teams that early in the season. Otherwise, this thing could go haywire quickly. Like, if you don't have a player like this, I 
I'm just interested. I'm I'm curious what happens with this situation because that is somebody I think that they were looking to lean on quite a bit. And this goes back to that whole transferring whatever mess where you build a roster around certain people. Yeah, yeah, this is a big one. <laughs> like, uh, you know, if they don't have him for, say, the first two games, I think you can get through App State without him. Can he get through Miami and Arkansas? Mm, that, that could be a little more tricky. Uh, but yes, everything's good with Jimbo and Nick. Apparently, I guess that's what everybody wants to talk about. Is what it is. Finally, we'll close out with this. Iowa has begun their uh, their new collective. And put it up on the screen here. The Iowa Swarm Collective launches. It says, with name, image, and likeness becoming a significant part of the experience for college athletes, Hawkeye fans have been awaiting for the opportunity to get involved on Tuesday, Iowa supporters officially launched the Iowa Swarm Collective. After a few months of hard work and dedication to the cause, former Iowa golfer Brad Heinrichs, who resides in Florida where he works as an actuary, did the legwork to create the Swarm Collective and create two unique revenue streams that will provide financial benefits to Iowa football players along with men's and women's basketball players. Okay, so this all sounds great, right? This is good. Big Ten School finally got their NIL collective together. Etc. Whatever. The only issue is, if you Google Swarm Collective, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that right now just so you guys can see. Swarm Collective. Right here it says, Swarm is a collective founded and led by sex workers who believe in self determination, solidarity, and cooperation. Blah 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 blah. Iowa did not Google apparently. SWARM stands for Sex Worker Advocacy and Resistance Movement. It is a collective founded by sex workers who believe in self-determination, solidarity, and they campaign for the rights and safety of everyone who sells sexual services. Huh. Uh, Do you think that maybe Brad Heinrichs just didn't know what he was doing, or did he want to be associated with this? I'm, I'm very curious. What ended up happening here? Because... Man, like, it seems to me that a an NIL collective might want to stray away from something along those lines. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. You guys tell me in the comments. I want to hear what you think about this. Uh, the guys over at KXNO uh, Morning Rush, the morning radio show, uh, were the ones that initially found this. I did not even hear about the Swarm thing until... Later this afternoon, I guess, uh, which is why it's at the end of the show. But regardless, uh, good times today. Lots to discuss. There's still so many things that I probably could have gotten into. Congrats to Josh Pate and uh, the Late Kick Live show. Sold out of their merch again within 20 minutes. So that is two straight times that they have put things up for sale, that everything has been bought out. It's a pretty big deal. He is doing fantastic things with that show we would like to do fantastic things with this show, and it all begins with you guys that are actually watching and listening. If you would, share out the show. Again, subscribe if you have not subscribed, whether it be at YouTube or uh, podcast or whatever it is. Also, sign up on the email list. Uh, the newsletter is available. You sign up on winningcureseverything.com. Going to send out probably one a week, somewhere around there. Uh, we won't, we will, I promise you this, we will not be spamming you. 
It will not be anything crazy. So, uh, so go ahead and get signed up for that whenever we do start sending those out once we get closer to the football season so that you guys can keep up to date with what I am doing over here at Winning Cures Everything and what I'm doing with BetUS. The college football show is rapidly approaching here in just a, a few weeks now. Uh, we will have our early previews, etc. Make sure you sign up, or not sign up, I guess subscribe to the BetUS College Football Show as well. We broke 3,000 subscribers over there, so that was incredibly nice to see. But, uh, but for now... We are going to go ahead and get out of here. Tomorrow, I will have the Big Ten East previews done. Next week could be a little interesting. Going to try and figure out exactly how I'm going to do this because I will be in Atlanta for a part of the week uh, early on next week. And then I should be at home for the rest of next week. So we'll see exactly how the shows get done, etc. I'm going to try my best, although I will uh, be vacationing a bit with my uh, two kids I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish all of my SEC previews. I don't have my records done, and I've still got a few more notes that I want to put in on them. But but we'll see how that goes. Play it by ear. Subscribe and make sure that you hit the notification bell so that you know when we go live. With that said, you guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to the Winning Cures Everything podcast. The website is winningcureseverything.com, and if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter, at GaryWCE, at ChrisBGiannini, at Winning Cures, or you can email us, Gary at winningcureseverything.com, or Chris at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.